We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast. We're talking stat collection today, but don't worry, don't leave. We're talking basic stats. If you want to just dabble, if you want to just try and improve your golf, but you don't want to go too far down the stat rabbit hole, what's some good constructive ways of looking at your game in a more stat-based, basic way? Should be a fun chat. We've got Lou and Scott, as always, with us. Uh, Lou, I think you have a question from a coach, was it, about a young player who wants to collect stats? Is that right? What have you got I, for me? I do, yeah. So a really good friend of mine, he's a coach in the Buffalo, New York area. Shout him out. Shout, him Shout out. out to Tim Frank, uh, Tim Frank Golf. Uh, he's uh, some great work really involved in the, uh, in the golf world. He's also the executive director of the First Tee in Western New York. So he's a, a big guy in the golf space in Western New York. And cool. he started working with a, a younger player, um, early teenage years, a decent player, you know, breaking 80. Um, and he asked me the question, you know, I started working with this player and I'm trying to move him towards collecting, you know, shot level detail stats, but he's not interested. It's not his personality. He's not wired that way. He doesn't want to do that. And so the question that Tim had for me was, you know, what kind of basic stats can I start him off with that would, that would be useful and that would be helpful to him. And, and, and importantly, it would be something that he, he would be willing to do. I want to keep it simple, but I want to make sure that what we are collecting is useful. And I thought, well, that's a really good question. So yeah. that, that's what he posed at me. Fantastic. And I love that question, because if you think about that, I think the basic stats that people have traditionally um, caught, and I, I wouldn't say even stats, it's more that you're having a beer with your mates afterwards and your, your friend says, oh, I had 37 putts today. So they've obviously in their head, if they've sat there drinking their beer, they've counted up how many putts they've had. And then the next player would go, oh, I hit 16 greens in regulation today and shot two over. Can you believe it? Those kind of conversations. So are they worthwhile stats for people to be collecting or not? I would argue they're not. But what do you guys say? I actually, interestingly, people always used to ask me, what's the most important stat to track? And I used to always just answer greens and regulation. And I was having 
lunch with the Godfather, Mark Brody, shout out. There we go for our, our daily shout out. And he was like, but if you think about the fact that it's the most correlated to score actually means that it's kind of the least relevant. If somebody tells me making up a number, I hit 70% of the greens, I can tell you your scoring average is probably 73-ish. And I'm like, huh, that's actually a really good point. It just, and that's why I say it all the time. That's why strokes gained is so brilliant because it takes multiple categories and brings them all together because there is just so much that's, that's left out putts, you know, total putts. How many greens did you hit? That, that is probably more important on how many total putts you have than your actual putting ability as odd as that sounds. So it's, it's just really hard to know exactly what it is that you're ferreting out of it. I mean, which, what your real goal is. I mean, it's funny because Lou knows math better than I do. And when I say something like that about being perfectly correlated to score, Lou, like what is, does that sound reasonable or make sense to you? Or what are your thoughts when I say something like that? Well, I mean, I think that this question is less of a, it's more along the lines of I'm a player and I want to keep some basic level of stats. And what can I keep that is going to tell me um, whether or not I need to improve on something? Um, and uh, keeping track of greens hit, I, I think it is very correlated to scoring, but I think that's okay. Like it, if, if a player walked into, into Mark's office and said, Hey, I'm here for a lesson coach. Um, and, and said, I've been averaging four greens per round. Um, I think Mark, is going to probably know where to start versus if, <laughs> if they walk in and they say I'm averaging 12 greens per round. Um, so I think there's definitely some use in understanding your skill level. And the other thing that I would always weave into that when I tell, when, when people ask me that, what should I track at a really basic level? I, I want two things. The two things I would say is track how many greens you're hitting. Uh, and you know, if you're, if you're hitting three or four around, you need to work on your ball striking, but I want you to also track how many penalty shots you have. Right. Yeah. And limit your penalty shots. And, and if you can, if you can limit penalty shots, that's just a great first start. Keep the ball in play, number one. And that's a, a great first start, especially for mid and high handicap players. They lose so many strokes by, by hitting the ball uh, OB and, and you know, just hitting it off the map or into trouble. So those are the two things that, that I would start with to keep it, uh, you know, keep it really simple. Penalty shots is a great one. You look at data from high handicapper golfers and the penalty shots just goes up and up and up as you go up through the handicaps. It's just a standout number. And it's one I think people blatantly don't count because it's too emotional. It's a penalty shot comes with such an emotional charge that often people are trying to cancel that out of that memory rather than actually thinking, cool, I had three penalty shots in that round. Um, another I think another key, well, just another key to it all is, is golf's the non you know, uniformity of golf course design. The fact that golf is the only sport that's not played on a, a standardized field of competition does make statistics really hard. I mean, I had a guy that I was doing a free webinar with the other day and he, I think his scoring average was like 77 or something. And his par three scoring average was like 3.5, which is, you know, a couple tenths of a stroke too high based on his scoring average. And then I was like, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you though. This could be anything. Be, it could be the size of your greens. It could be you play a, a course with really hard par threes. He's like, well, it is a peep die. I'm like, well, there you go. That's, you have to know what you're looking for. And, and so if, if you tell me that you shoot, you know, 40% from three point line, I don't care if you play for USC or Florida, I know what that means. And golf just isn't that way, which again is just another reason that it makes it hard. But 
the stats like Lou was talking about there, like you're talking about with penalty shots, what we track in the foundations app, and this is not a sales pitch for foundations, but what we track are the tiger five, which are no, uh, no bogeys on par fives, double bogeys, three putts, blown easy saves and bogeys from 150 or less. And anybody at home can track those stats. And what's always critical is yes, you've got all these stats, but what, what is good? What is bad? If somebody's having 2% three putts, you don't need to practice your putt. I mean, your, your three putt avoidance with those tiger five stats, I feel very safe saying this, that anyone can track that at home and then just look for trends on your own. And most likely fewer is going to be better. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Unless I know what your name is, I'm pretty sure fewer is going to be better. So you may not have a data set necessarily to compare against, but fewer is probably better. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having an idea of a benchmark definitely makes this question easier. So applying it to averages of your handicap categories or category of handicaps that you want to get to, but obviously that's much harder. Uh, another stat I like to capture with uh, students is how many free putts they have per hole. So as in how many holes does it take them to have a free putt? Are they having seven holes on average before they free putt? Are they free putting every six holes? Are they free putting every 24 holes this one uh, where often when you talk putting people are talking about oh i hit you know i missed six eight footers uh in this round and those kind of numbers and i just think well they're random eight footers that i have no idea what swing they had on them if they were straight if they were eight footers or not how many did you owe yesterday because it'll all regress to your mean which will be whatever it is where the free putt one, I think, often gets them really looking a bit more in detail because then it asks, it leads them on to asking, well, why am I free putting so much? Well, maybe you're in it proximity to the always like miles away. Like, you, you know, you're struggling on approaches so much that you've constantly got 45 foot putts. And no matter how much you practice them, you are going to free putt some of them. There's the exact same situation, though, where if your home course is is St. Andrews in my home course is Pebble beach. I bet I'm going to have a lot fewer three putts than you. And, and again, that's just where the non, you know, conf- uniformity, whatever the right word is, God, I'm an idiot right now with COVID, but whatever the right word is, just the fact that all golf courses are different. I mean, it just, it could mean anything. And St. Andrews, again, you, <laughs> yeah, but you I are taking, one. I mean, I agree. No, I don't not agree with that. But you're but following you are taking friend. that, you are taking that to quite a massive extreme in the two. I'm just showing the extreme. C- yeah. Clearly I'm shown. I'm not yeah. trying to be. I still, I still uh, think there's merit in people collecting those stats. And the biggest thing I like with people start asking the, what are the basic stat questions is I think often when you get someone engaged in create or collecting basic stats, how often does it take you to free putt? How many greens do you hit in regulation? What's your proximity when you're 50 yards and in? Like how, when you, if you have eight 
50 yards and in shots in a round, you can easily mark down how close you've hit each one of them. And how close are you hitting them? Like, are you missing the greener percentage of time from that distance or not? What those stats generally do for people, I think, is it leads them on to try and work out why are these patterns coming? Are they actually patterns or am I making it up? And what it actually ends up leading to is them doing it a bit more properly, getting a proper app, getting a proper device and looking a bit deeper. And that excites me personally. It's like you you, you light the flame, like little flame at the bottom, and then it just grows and grows and grows for lots of golfers. You know, I, I understand that. But when I get asked this question, what what is the most important or or one or two stats that I should be tracking about my game? And my answer generally always is you should be collecting shot level detail about your game. If you if you really want to improve and you really want to understand what you're doing well and what you're doing poorly, you should keep shot level detail. Just and, explain what shot uh, level detail means. Luke, um, it's, it's, it's shot link data. So it, it's where did you, st- how far away are you from the hole and what was your lie? So it's a 400 yard hole and I, and I started on the tee box and 400 yards away. But people um, aren't going to do and, that. And, you know, people aren't going to do that. But if they're, if they're, it's in its, I, I understand that. I have several that. thousand members I, that would disagree with that. Yeah, I understand that, that but, yeah, but it's also. Yeah, thousand members is nothing compared to but, the millions of people who've played golf. No doubt. No, no but doubt. it's interesting. A lot of the people that are asking that question, they seem to be really, really driven to want to improve, right? And it's kind of like, um, you know, being, you know, being curious about learning something, but having no perseverance to actually go through and actually learn something. Uh, you can be curious about trying to learn something all day long, <laughs> but if you put no effort into actually learning it, you're never going to learn it. Be yeah, as curious as you like, but you're, <laughs> you're still going to uh, you, you be that way. But not everyone buys a no. grand piano, do they? Oh, no, I, I, I get it. a 16 key keyboard just to learn some chords and then they chuck it in the bin after two years all they did and then buy the next one and the next one all things start somewhere and then move up don't they sure they 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 do and and i and i don't scare them away when i get that question i do answer it you were scaring me away then i do think it's you you were going deep down the stat hole there i am going deep down the stat (laughs) hole and i think it's important that you stat um, hole yeah the stat hole yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly i kicked you right in the stat hole is what i did um (laughs) blimey blimey yankees uh well because i think the danger with not collect the beauty of of shot level detail is it gives you a very relatively clear indication as to how you are performing there's still flaws with shot link data and the way that it's collected but it's better than just doing a putts per round and uh years ago i used to play in a regular game with some guys and the, the ninth hole was a par three and it would it was one of those groups where you know there's a one or two groups three groups on days and, and there's a million different bets going on and one of the bets was always centered around putting and this par three which was the ninth hole guy knocks it tight knocked it to about four feet and um, three putted um, and uh, you know m- missed and another guy who knocked it on and uh, he had. I don't know, 70 feet. He had a super three putted from, they both had a four, both made a bogey. They both three putted. And we were in the halfway house afterwards, getting a sandwich, getting ready to tee off on 10. And the one guy who was keeping score, he said, you know, I, I had a, I had a bogey with uh, three putts. And this was the guy that had the, you know, the really short putt three putted from short range. Mm-hmm. 
and and the other guy's like, yeah, I had the same. And and the guy who had the really long putt, he was keeping score. And, and he's like, yeah, you know, I threw putted. He's like, but your first putt was from, you know, four feet and mine was from 70. And, and, and they're just two totally different things. So when you look at a scorecard and you see three putt from each of those players, they couldn't be more different. Yeah. And, and that's one of the dangers and you brought it up, Mark, you know, where's your proximity. That's one of the dangers at keeping a very basic stat is it can be incredibly misleading. And I don't want to say that having no stats might be better, but in some situations having, you know, not having that stat might be better than having it. It could be, could lead you in the wrong direction potentially, which is why, and I know a lot of people don't want to track shot level detail, but if you really want to understand where, where you have opportunities to improve, that's what I would recommend to you. Yeah. Well, the now Mark detail. can yell at me. Go ahead. No, well, I agree. I, I get, I, t- there isn't a part of that I disagree with, but the question stands, this kid doesn't want to, he's 14. I get it. He doesn't want to collect stats. Are you just chucking him on the old scrap people while we actually going to give him some stats he that needs he to, should collect? I told you he should take he up bowling. He'd start bowling. If you know what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, obvi- I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> so no, I gave him a few me- basic things to take. So what, and, what, would he, what would he collect? What would the audience at home, what are the basic things to get him dabbling in the stats world? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I started off with greens and regulation and yeah. penalty shots. Uh, like those it. are the two things that I, I generally start off with. I don't go much beyond that. Uh, I'm curious. Would you not to... add the free putting? Like, why would you not add that? I think it's going to get, because obviously it's a, just a different aspect of his game that he still needs to look at. I'm not saying it's going to show him the patterns he specifically wants, but it might show him something. Um, I would be okay with adding that in if you wanted to, to add that G- in. Given but, enough round, it yeah. should level smooth out the data some. I mean, yeah. that guy's clearly not three-putting from four feet all the time, Correct. and the other guy's clearly not three-putting even from 70 feet all the time. Like that, given enough rounds. Yeah, you didn't play with those guys. <laughs> 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 the guy that missed see, the short one, he was the worst was, putter. You'd, when he you was zoroing it around yeah, loads. We would, uh, we, you know, we would draw teams that morning, and whenever you got paired with him, it was you just you just took out your wallet because he knew you were going to be giving away money. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the, but that gets back to kind of my point, though. Also, is I, I say all the time that I use stats to prove to players they're not as bad as they think they are at things. Quite often, now I understand that's going to be a stretch for your guy that's three putting from four feet all the time, but. I mean, again, even as a guy who sells a stats app for a living, the point of the decade app is to teach you strategy and mindset. The stats are just the vehicle to do that. And I think that it's okay to just say, you know, a lot of it can be flawed. A lot of it can help. And I don't know. It's just weird because I'm trying to think of what ones I would literally, the way we do it in in foundations, and I can't remember what we start with, but we start with basically like penalty shots one month. And we just slowly build over the course of six months, adding a stat in, and it is penalty shots. It is uh, strokes gain putting. We do take 
shot level detail on putting that that's just not that hard to do. And you can find any strokes gain putting app with a quick search for free out on, on the old internet. I mean, that's just not hard to calculate. You just have to put in your starting distances of your putts, which it just isn't that hard to track. And then that would accurately tell you if, if something is worth, worth working on or not. Yeah. So I want to, I, I want to, I want to go down a rabbit hole here. Oh, I'm here curious for both, you, you, for both of you, for both of you, do you have Aaron Oberhoser online too? <laughs> I do not. I do not. So okay. you, and, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, uh, uh, Scott. Um, oh no. Yeah, exactly. So you <laughs> as a guy that created the stats app, uh, and I want to hear from Mark too, like what have you learned about your own game from tracking stats? Um, what have I you have, learned like I, you were good okay. at or bad no, at? Like has, it, has it changed what you've worked on and practiced on as you've prepared for the events and things you've played in? Well, now well, then you better sit down and pull up a coffee for a decade sales pitch because what we track in the, the decade app, the mental scorecard, is where you literally are saying I was or wasn't committed to all these shots. And then as you go through the GPS entry, it just flags them all. And then when you go back into what we call coaching moments after the round, it, it, it just brings all those shots up to you. And it's like, you told me you weren't committed. You figure out what you could have done better or different or how you could have been more prepared or whatever the problem was on that shot. And so the question is, what have I done from stats? I mean, I pretty much know my strengths and weaknesses, but I sit down after every tournament I play, I enter that data, and then I literally go sit in my media room, now half simulator, half gym, <laughs> and I sit there with the lights out, and I go through those situations, and it is by far the greatest thing I've ever done for my golf game, and I can't tell you how often I get tour players, we just go shot by shot through the, through the shot link images, not the data, the, hey, this shot right here doesn't make any sense to me. I was actually working with a pretty big name tour players coach for the first time this week. And I was like, trust me, I'll find some shots that just don't make sense. This tour player likes to draw it. colonial. Number one is a par five that he hit it in the right trees. The pin was on the front, right? He, he punched it out and still had about 190 left and he comes up way short, right? And I told the guy, I'm like, I guarantee you this dude was trying to flare a five iron to the front right pin because he's trying to still get a look at birdie since it's a reachable par five. Let me know. And sure enough, he goes back. He's like, that's exactly what he was doing because I can see these anomaly shots and they just make no sense. That would be a shot that he, that player would have flagged as a negative mental scorecard event. Those are the kinds of things that you can just, Again, I say it all the time. If you finish a round of golf and you think you should have shot lower, you are either one of two things, not as good as you think you are, or you made mental and strategic mistakes. There is literally nothing else it can be. How, what is your plan to address those mental mistakes? And I do believe, sales pitch or not, the way we track that stuff in the Decade app is the only tool that helps you fix those mistakes. So I know that you, so, you've talked about how you want to uh, make a run when you turn 50 to try and qualify for the senior tour. Um, what are you going to do stats wise to help you prepare to be a better player to, to try and make that run? What are you going to do? I will on a daily basis at my home course, you know, wherever that winds up being, I'm assuming I'll join somewhere eventually, <laughs> but I will track the mental scorecard on a daily basis and any round, if I'm going to, you know, if we wind up having a big wolf game or anything, any round that I'm going to, you know, air quotes actually try on, I will record shot level data and the mental scorecard, and I will treat each one of those rounds because let's be, let's face it, like 
the guys that are, you know, 48 to 51 that are out there going to try it also, most of them are coming off of full-time playing careers. <laughs> I've played maybe 20 rounds of golf in the last three years, like literally tops, 30 tops. I, my playing experience, even though I sit around and talk about golf all day, will be one of my biggest handicaps. And so I will be doing everything I can to offset that because sitting here talking about strategy and, and how to score every day is a lot different from actually doing it in, you know, you know, it's not a fire drill anymore. Let's, this is real. Yeah. And I will definitely be tracking the mental scorecard on a daily basis, because if you can't get that over 95%, which again is, is a 70 scoring average, 10% would be seven shots, 95%. So that would mean three and a half shots around. I'm acknowledging I'm not paying attention on. I truly do believe with the data that we've run, that is three quarters to a full shot. I will be trying to do everything I can to get my mental scorecard to 100% because I do believe that all of the outlier terrible shots from anyone, especially, you know, scratch and better players come from shots where they just weren't quite committed. You know, the one thing I've been saying a lot to tour players lately is you don't have to, if you're just daydreaming, you don't have to back off of a shot. But if there is any form of the word don't, in your head, as you pull the trigger, you've got to start over. That is, don't go right, don't go left. I don't know how this is going to land. I don't know what the wind's going to do. I don't know if this is the right club. Any form of the word don't is just a start over because you are not ready to hit that shot. Yeah, yeah, interesting. What, um, what if you, uh, what, what, what do you think my mental scorecard was when I hit one 108 yards offline last year? 108 <laughs> yards. In all honesty, you had to hit it solid. Oh, I, I hammered it. It went about 310, but it was 108 <laughs> yards from the middle of the fairway I was aiming at. Oh, man. Well, impressive. hopefully you're on number one at Royal Melbourne East because that's yeah, nope. oh, too no, no. Yeah. <laughs> that was like That was like you set that one up. Yeah, for sure. Now and then on the next hole, I thought one. I'm standing on the next tee shot and I'm thinking, don't go 108 yards right on this one. Don't yeah, go 108 yeah, yards yeah, right exactly. on this one. Don't and I think down. I hit it about 40 yards left. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The word don't, man. I'm telling you, there's no recovering from the word don't yeah. at all. So for that's me, right. it's a good question, Lou, or the stats. I mean, my stats are loose because we only really play. We're like we're totally mucking about when we play so i haven't really collected stats ever in competition like i would have played when i used to play but the stats for me have done what scott says they've uh, they've confirmed something i didn't believe that much so they like my approach play is generally very good like i can gain on a tall pro with my approach play i would never have said my approach play was good enough to gain on tall pros but it, it it does. It, it, it's, it's accurate. Um, my driving is good, but it's too short, which I kind of knew, but I didn't put any value on that. It now puts a value on that. I think if my approach plays good, if I was naturally long with some accuracy, then I, like, I'm ticking a lot of big boxes there. Boy, um, are you? Yeah, so um, trying to get driving distances up is something that's obviously I've changed through lockdowns, but like it's really shown me. And it's also shown me as someone who would anyone, if you speak to anyone who's played with me over the years, they would class me as a good putter. Like my putting is good. And what I notice is it's just almost impossible to gain over a long period, like over a good amount of stats on a tall pro at putting. Like it just, it, it's not a place I feel like I can gain. And I would say my putting is good. Uh, is that a pattern that you see? Are there many putters that are gaining like is over a long period over a season? It's like, it's it, 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 that's the one that blew me away the most. 
Well, when we track it in the decade app, and I, I, I'm pulling this out of somewhat thin air, but we break them into 20 percentile buckets. And I, I'm going to guesstimate that probably only a third tops, probably less than that, of all just rounds, let alone the player, but rounds that are turned in are positive strokes gain. That's, I've never really thought to look at that stat. I'm, I'm just doing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm just basing that on where I know the breakdowns fall in the actual, the total strokes gained. But I, I would be surprised if more than 30% are positive strokes gained putting against the tour benchmarks. I yeah, would be really surprised. The, the, the problem with putting in, um, in any app that you're, th- there's very few people outside of ShotLink that have accurate strokes gained putting yeah. um, besides me. Well, um, besides me, yeah, um, and I, I, I have a laser that I take out there that's down, that's accurate down to a sixteenth of an inch, and so I shoot the laser against the pin, and I, and I get the actual distance. The problem, nerd, and, um, exactly, <laughs> nerd, nerd alert, t- nerd do alert. You put your briefcase and, down to do that measurement. Here, I put, and no, I don't, uh, and I have a pocket protector, and. The problem with that is, you know, somewhat, well, it was a five foot putt. Okay. What well, was it? Five feet, zero inches, or was it five feet, eight inches? Because there's a big difference between the two. Um, and will there be some, you know, bit of offsetting error um, with your estimates? Yeah, but it's not very accurate. And we have a lot of putts inside 10 feet and between three feet and 10 feet, you know, every inch is, you know, roughly three quarters of a percent. Roughly, it, 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 it oscillates a little bit in that range. And so the difference from f- the make rate from five feet versus the make rate from five feet, seven inches is about 6% different. Wow. Yeah. Uh, is going, if you make the putt, it's going to change how many strokes you've gained on that putt. Or if you've missed, it changes it. And, and so that's the only um, you know, downfall of strokes gained putting um, if you're not doing something at a shot link level or if you're not as crazy as I am and you're out there with a you know, $300 measuring device. I, I want to be in the group behind you watching you lag from 30 feet to five feet, put the flag back in, <laughs> laser it, Take I, d- I don't back out. Yeah. I, you know, I only do that with the first putt um, and okay, realizing okay. I only do it with the first putt because, you know, you can calculate your strokes gained on that, on that series of putts from the first one. So I, I thought I'm you a, were going to well, say that's you, a great you, idea. I might, only, ha- I might have to start doing that. Yeah. You only do it with the first putt. Otherwise you start losing friends. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, I lost all my friends years ago, Crossfield. <laughs> I don't have any left. <laughs> so that's really interesting. So greens in regulation you're saying, which fine, I'll, I'll go with that. I mean, I'm not, I think that's got holes in it as well, but I get what you're saying. How many free putts? I quite like it opens up more conversations that does relate to greens regulations. To be fair, I do like proximity on short shots. It's one thing that when I work with amateurs that they just, they don't realize how far away they hit the ball from within certain distances. Like they just totally remember pitching the ball to 10 foot and they do that like, twice out of 40 pitches and some of them even miss the green and i just think like just big gains to be had in that department it's such a simple stat to 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 track i would say so i want to ask this question so scott talked about you know big misses and i and i think you qualified it with better players but big misses are generally due to uh, the mental 
scorecard and failing on that mental scorecard, not being committed to the shot and having maybe the word don't in your vocabulary as you're prepping to hit that shot. Um, I'm not, I, I did play at scratch for years. Um, and I have a, a swing that resulted in a lot of variance. And so <laughs> between the two of you, do you think when I was a scratch player and I could hit it off the map as a scratch player, how much do you think of that was mental and how much of it was the quirky swing in the issues? And I want to see you two battle this out. But your swing is going to create variance, full stop. I don't care if you you think you're Tiger Woods. It, your swing will create variance. It just does. The pattern of that movement constantly creates big deviations in face control stop laughing (laughs) (laughs) and the trouble is the trouble is is big variations in face control with high speed leads to a lot of interesting t-shots oh yeah (laughs) trust me so i I, like where your mental scorecard definitely i'm not saying it wouldn't help but your action is it's a serial variance pattern it's certainly the reason I quantified good players because, yeah. and I say this all the time, like I wish that I could remember exactly how I thought when I was a junior golfer, college golfer, professional in my twenties, because I would love to, to be able to teach from that. Like, Hey guys, this didn't work. And, and I will say that, you know, again, as a scratcher, a good player, but your shot pattern is still relatively massive compared to a tour player. And I bet your mental scorecard would, would not be over 80, 85%. I mean, when I start doing with this with tour players, typically when they first track it, it's somewhere between 88 and 91%. Very rarely do I see people over that. And as I say all the time, there's, there's a lot of bias you've got to try to remove of if you miss a four foot putt and you were kind of daydreaming, it's easier to say that was a negative mental scorecard event versus if the putt had just happened to go in. There's, there's a lot of things like that, but, and this is the way when, when I tracked it, it, I explained very in detail to Zalatoris and to Maverick McNeely, this is exactly how I want to do it. So, so three, what I would consider pretty good players tracking that mental scorecard, trying our hardest to remove that bias, like acknowledging it and trying to remove it. And when we compare the three of us, which is hundreds of rounds in the decade portal. Um, and I take every hole that relative to par with a negative mental scorecard event and every hole relative to par that is a hundred percent positive mental scorecard. It's about 0.3 shots. It's a quarter to a third of a shot per bad negative you know, outcome. Just when I do that same exercise broadly on the best peer group in the decade average is 71 scoring average that they are at 0.54 shots. And so I do believe our quarter to a third, I do believe we've removed bias that the general user has not. And so I think that number is good. And so again, back to a 70 scoring average, I really do believe that paying attention on an extra three shots around is about a full stroke. And that math really closely lays in then when I, I, I think about myself with a, with a, with a quad or I'm, I'm going to ask the tour. I really need to do this for the Byron Nelson. If I can just set it up on the range at the Nelson and ask every guy just as you're leaving, Hey, will you hit two shots at that white flag for me at 180, And then just compare that shot pattern in size to another 180 yard shot pattern, like par three. And I guarantee you, I, I, I guarantee you the shot pattern I should come up with. Like I'm trying to think of how to say this percentage wise, it would be 20 plus percent larger that the one that I talk about all the time is number 15 at Innisbrook. Actually, conveniently, that's where this week's golf tournament is. 
Number 15 at Ennisbrook a few years ago, the hole's playing 195, and the shot pattern is 50 yards wide and 50 yards deep. And there's just no chance on earth that they're not standing up there with that front left hole location. The wind is off the left at 10 that day. And they're thinking, I've got to hold this thing. Don't go right. Don't, you know, I've, I, I've, I've got to get a look holding this shot against the wind. I totally believe that, that you can just see the absolute size of that shot pattern versus what it would be in practice. And there's really no other explanation, you know, nerves. I, I get it that I, I won't totally discount that. But at the end of the day, they're all being hit off of a flat piece of ground off of a tee that shouldn't be much bigger. These guys are professionals. I mean, you know, I, you know, what's amazing about that is you talked about this 190 yard hole with a, a shot pattern of 50 yards by 50 yards, um, which is pretty sizable from, from 190. Yeah. Um, but we have so many people out there that have this ability to, you know, find the right 10 yards of a 23 yard wide fairway with their driver. Um, it's, it's amazing. I, I think if you just think enough um, that your feelings override the math yeah. and your feelings kind of just take hold. Right? Yeah. Well, that, was, that, was the, that was the, that was the, that was the conversation starter that eventually got Peter Kessler kicked off Twitter. So yeah. what? I basically, well, Kessler said that, it, you know, said that I have no clue what I'm doing and that everybody would be laying up on number six at Wingfoot. He goes, Oh, you're so clueless. Go for number six at Wingfoot. You would have to be crazy. Nobody will do that. And then I proceeded to lambast him with data from that part three. Like they couldn't even hit it with a six iron dude, let alone, you know, at 240 where you're telling them to lay up to. And the fairway is only 23 yards wide. That part three green I'm talking about is 25 or seven yards wide. You simply shot patterns are simply huge. You know, not to jump back into the last podcast that we just recorded, but it really is just a, a fact of life and reality. Shot patterns are huge relative to your target. It'll be, yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting if you're 14-year-old. I'd like to know maybe in another podcast, does he actually, will he start collecting some basic stats? That'll be Yeah, we'll, we'll have to, uh, we'll follow up with uh, with my buddy, Tim Frank Golf. For, yeah, whoever that Yeah, timfrankgolf.com, there you go. There you go. Uh, hey, and, and I got to say that um, so, so far this year, I have uh, six rounds under my belt. And this season, Mark, I'm averaging... 0.23 strokes gained per round with my putting against the tour baseline. Ooh, so yeah, wow. there you go. crushing it right now with, yeah. with the flat stick. Well, I, I won't tell you what I'm doing with the putter at the minute. Cause it would now, it would upset you probably. Shall I tell you what I'm doing this season? Yeah, I want to hear what you're doing. Yeah. So my strokes gained this season all 2000. I haven't got any rounds in my, cause I haven't played much, but, um, what am I doing? I'm losing 0.67 putting. That's not too bad. Which I'm quite That's happy with because if I go back to 2021, which has more rounds, I'm losing 1.12 shots. Don't ask me about my driver or my approach game or yeah. Well, <laughs> I was the green. last season Yours? I was losing 0.32 driving against Tor Pro. That's not bad, is it? But Mark, you could be. You could just be a reporting bias. You need a laser so you can check it to the inch. You might just briefcase be and laser. <laughs> one sixteenth of an inch. <laughs> and then my approach play was losing one point zero two shots last year. No, oh, I, I lose right. like twelve shots around with my approach yeah. play. <laughs> How far does that laser go out to, Lou? Uh, it's like uh, one hundred and fifty feet. I think it's one hundred and fifty feet or three hundred feet. Yeah, it's one of the contractor laser measurers. 
So it's uh, and you have to you have to get a you have to spend money to get a decent one. If you buy just a laser tape measure that's forty nine dollars, it won't work well in the sunlight. So you have to get uh, the more expensive ones that work well in the sunlight. Perfect. It's pretty impressive, well, though. Yeah, absolutely. Measure those putts, everybody. Get impressive a laser, is, is one in, word. Pin out. Pin out. Pin. In. <laughs> Dude's a six handicap, and he's measuring his stuff to a sixteenth. So, uh, make sure you leave the measure in your bag. So you hit a putt yeah. six foot. You have to walk to your bag, get the laser, come back, measure it, walk back, put it in, then miss that six footer, go back, measure the three foot coming back. Exactly. It's three hundred dollars you didn't spend on training at least so i don't need it anymore i got that fishing pole rope <laughs> towel thing that i built i've been swinging it in the, in the garage there you go. <laughs> absolutely well there you go so, i mean i just think i would like to see some people collecting some basic stats just to kick off the revolution i don't want this one to end i'm having too much fun it's got to end now close us out it's got to end i have a little hummingbird we're, sitting outside we're of my clo- right yes it's, it's got <laughs> talking about hummingbird this pod is finished <laughs> thanks everybody for listening um, um, leave a leave a review as always stars down below um, and maybe in the review let us know if you've seen a hummingbird out of your window at any point <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs>